nine. It's blaming pension and medical benefits and a tough economy for filing Chapter 11. Fox News Radio, Baron Balance. Now, local news from North Georgia's News Talk. In North Georgia's newsroom, I'm Derek Booth. The full weather channel forecast is coming up. A traffic note, an accident now reported with injuries in Habersham County. This one's got two cars blocking one lane on Duncan Bridge at River Bridge Trail. That's at the White County line. The governor's endorsed it, and so has the lieutenant governor, but you won't hear a sales pitch for the transportation tax referendum from House Speaker David Ralston. I don't think the people of Georgia want politicians telling them how they should vote. Ralston helped lead the fight for the legislation leading to the November vote. He admits there's no fallback plan if Georgians decide against the regional project lists. Cornelia City officials got a pleasant surprise yesterday. That's when an official from the Georgia Environmental Finance Authority called to say the agency will offer $500,000 in principal forgiveness, like stimulus money toward the city's planned replacement water plant and reservoir. City Manager Donald Anderson says the new facility would be built on Camp Creek Parkway adjacent to the current plants. Four million gallons a day, um, and it can be easily be expanded in increments of however we want, a million, two million. Uh, most likely, if we ever had to expand, it would go up to six million gallons a day. Anderson says the city's not received any paperwork on the grant money yet. Traffic was the biggest topic of concern at last night's community forum. The first of five scheduled public hearings about the proposed Northeast Georgia Medical Center, Brazelton. Nearby residents, such as Marion Tidwell, are concerned about the additional traffic a new hospital would bring to the neighborhood. I live off of Friendship Road, and I understand that the ambulances will be coming off of 985 onto into the hospital, so that is my concern. WDUN news time is 9.03. One person hospitalized following a fire in Barrow County yesterday. WDUN's Katie Highsmith has more on the story. Barrow County EMS Lieutenant Scott Dakin says units responded to 64 Main Street in Auburn around 9.30 a.m. and were able to quickly extinguish the blaze that started in the clothes dryer. The investigation team found the cause of the fire to be a... Uh, Lint fire started in the dryer from a buildup of lint. Dakin says one occupant was injured trying to extinguish the fire before firefighters got there. He says that resident and three others were all displaced by the blaze. And preliminary autopsy results are expected today in the death of a man whose body was found outside of a burning Flowery Branch home earlier this week. There's more WDUN news at accessnorthga.com. Now let's check the Weather Channel forecast with meteorologist Rage Stajic. As we head through today, some small hail possible with some of the storms. Temperatures upper 50s. Overnight tonight, the showers end down to the mid-40s. And tomorrow, cloudy and windy with a chance of a rain shower mid-50s. Much colder by Friday, part of cloudy, maybe some snow flurries. Highs in the low 40s. From the Weather Channel, I'm meteorologist Ray Stajic. WDUN radar shows a shower and storm activity mostly pushed off to the east now in the Athens area, extending north up into Rabin County, but more off into Alabama. Lula, 56 degrees, cloudy and drizzle, 57 in Commerce and 55 in Gainesville. From North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9, WDUN. <laughs> 
Protection against web-based threats like malware and phishing has become a serious challenge for companies with distributed workforces. Barracuda Networks, the world leader in content security, application delivery, and data protection with more than 130,000 customers worldwide, can help. Web Security Flex combines physical and virtual gateways with cloud services to protect both on-site and remote users from a single portal. Stop web threats. Visit barracuda.com slash flex to try Barracuda Web Security Flex free for 30 days. That's barracuda.com slash flex. If your heater broke down, would you call an expert rapper? Woo! Your heater broke down. Now everybody's chilling from your head down to your toes. You got no feeling. Yeah, no. You'd call the real heating experts. Service experts. You'll get a written 100% satisfaction guarantee. And right now, get a free service call with any repair. Call service experts heating and air conditioning at 866-EXPERTS. That's 866-EXPERTS. Or visit serviceexperts.com, also known as Peachtree Service Experts. Al Ganey on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. This morning on The Company, we look back at the State of the State Address and the New Hampshire primary as we move forward with a new show. Glad you're here. This is Al Ganey and Company for Wednesday, January the 11th. Welcome to Al Ganey and Company. Local information, guests, and conversation to help you take on the issues of the day. Now, here's WDUN's Al Ganey. In a few minutes, we'll be talking... About the New Hampshire primary last night and the Romney win. And it looks like uh, that comfortable victory may just kind of propel him on down the road. And our good friend Joe McCutcheon up in LJ sent me a message this morning that said, it's over. I don't know that it's over, but it's coming. It's getting close. There's, there's really no one positioned well enough to take Romney down. I don't see it. It just doesn't seem to be there. But we'll get to take on some of the other folks in a few minutes and see what they think. You want to hear what you think today on Allegheny and Company. We've got a lot of time for the phones, and we're also going to be talking before in, in a few minutes as well before the bottom of the hour with Doug Collins. He's state a state legislature, legislator, and we'll be hearing from him about the state of the state address given by Nathan Deal last evening. Uh, the, but right now, it uh, it's apparent that uh, Newt, Newt uh, Gingrich is trailing. He he came in like fourth or fifth last night. I'm one, two, three, fourth. He was uh, in fourth position with nine percent of the vote. Romney was at thirty nine percent. But uh, Gingrich says he's going to continue on. Rick Perry says he's going to go to South Carolina. He got one percent of the vote. I don't see how he can do that. He really did not. Uh, uh, campaign in New Hampshire at all. He went straight to South Carolina. He thinks he's got a better chance there. We'll see. I just don't know. It's uh, it's it's beginning to shape up to be a Romney victory and a Romney nomination. But we'll yeah, we've still got some primaries to go. So I'm interested to hear what you've got to say about that as well. Georgia Regents, okay, college mergers. That's out there in the AJC. It was out yesterday and uh, well, actually this morning. On the AJC, in the AJC, and we're going from 35 to 31 institutions. It'll cut out, uh, well, let's see, over the past four years, there's been about a billion dollars cut in the state, uh, the state numbers, the state budget for the, for higher education. That's a, that's a tough, that's a tough number. There are things that have, that are going to have to take place as well. Now, here's another thing that's happening. We're going to have to have more 
money saved for kids to go to college. Well, why is that? Because the Hope Scholarship is not going to be able to provide what it's provided in the past, apparently. There are a lot of things that are going on at the state level. This is a very important session. The recession, uh, while it may be, for the most part, seeming to be over, we've still got a lot of jobs out there that are that are not there, basically. we've uh, A lot of jobs that have been there in the past are not being filled. And if they're not being filled, then obviously parents are going to have a harder time paying for college. And not only that, college students will have har- a much harder time getting jobs when they go to their, their, uh, their colleges and universities, and there's nothing there for them to do. So, you know, we heard uh, in the last hour on the on the uh, Bill and Joel show from a, from from someone that is in the employment business and he said that the real employment rate was in the 20% range and we've said all along on this show on Alganian company that it was in the 17 to 18% range and uh that the the government is are they're cooking the books they they have no problem cooking the books and saying well it's only 8.5% well if, but you have to look at the seasonal employment, those people that have pulled out of the job market, the people that are, are just sitting on the sidelines, the people that are basically only employed part-time. And as that gentleman said earlier this morning, yes, we've got about 24 million Americans that are out of work. That's a lot of people, probably more than that, quite frankly. I think it's more, I, I, well, actually, I believe he said it was 32 million. And that's a lot of Americans out of work, but that's just the that's just the tip of the iceberg. Look, that I don't think it's going to get much better because jobs have changed. I think permanently. I agree with the gentleman who said that the jobs are going to not be back anytime soon, if ever, the way we saw them uh, pre two thousand and eight. I just don't see it happening. Well, what? Do the results of the New Hampshire primary mean for the GOP presidential race going forward? We've got Trey Harden with us, who worked with President George H.W. Bush in the White House, and he's currently senior vice president at Vox Global, and uh, he's here to recap the latest details and looking forward to the next uh, campaign in South Carolina, the next primary coming up on March 21st. Trey, welcome to the show this morning. Thank you. Great to be with you all in Gainesville. Well, thank you for being with us. And summarize the results for us, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, it was um, certainly a great night for uh, for Mitt Romney. Um, but I would also say it was a big night for the Republican Party because um, I think what you saw last night out of Romney was almost an acceptance speech uh, as opposed to a victory speech. And he came across as very presidential. And I think um, I think that... Barack Obama's folks in Chicago are probably uh, were a little concerned after seeing him last night uh, talk and talk about that victory and and uh, talk about the future. But you know, it, it, listen, it will be a lot of those candidates will uh, will be in South Carolina. Um, you know, a lot we have said even before New Hampshire that South Carolina kind of was the the last stand for some of them, the new front. I think you'll see a lot of campaigns end in South Carolina. But the fact that Mount Romney won both Iowa and New Hampshire certainly gives him a lot of momentum. Uh, if he comes out on top in South Carolina, this race is basically over. Uh, if he comes in second, I think he's in still a strong leader at that point. You know, at this point, apparently he is leading in South Carolina in most of the polls. I may, You may have some more up-to-date information than I do, but mm-hmm. it looks like he is about 
eight to ten points ahead, depending on the uh, the uh, poll that you that you look at. Yep, and and you know, listen, it, it it will be unfortunate because after, as I was saying last night, was maybe a good night for the Republican Party. I, you know, we're unfortunately going to probably see a week of mud wrestling here in the state of uh, South Carolina, uh, with all these candidates still in it and buying all this ad time um, of negative ads primarily, but. You know, you can never underestimate the strength of a governor's organization on the ground and the fact that Governor Nikki Haley in South Carolina is supporting uh, Mitt Romney uh, will help him tremendously. But I also think you got to look at the campaign that the Romney folks have run in Iowa, New Hampshire, and, and now nationally. It just shows that they've got people on the ground, they've got an infrastructure, they've got great advisors. Politics and campaigning are all about peaking at the right time, and they certainly have done that in both states, Iowa and New Hampshire, and it's looking like uh, that could also be the case in South Carolina. You know, I think you've made a good point. Nikki Haley in South Carolina did come out for uh, Mitt Romney, and she certainly is a very well-respected governor in South Carolina, and she has some national potential, I believe, at, at least it seems being here in Georgia, what we hear from her, mm-hmm. and uh, also I, she made she had one blip on a radar screen with uh, with the business community last year, but I think that she got over the got over that, and the uh, general assembly up there helped her greatly come through that uh, mini crisis, if you will. Good point. Whenever whenever we get to South Carolina, let's let's make the assumption at this point, based on what we said so far this morning that Romney does win and he has a fairly convincing win, 8 to 10 point lead or, or uh, margin. Who goes home at that point? Who do you think is going to drop out? I, I think that uh, Gingrich will be out. I think that Huntsman will be out. Uh, I think Rick Perry will be out. Um, I think it would not surprise me if Santorum stays maybe a little bit longer. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's Going forward, it will be a Romney and Paul race, uh, you know. And and listen, Ron Paul is uh, is kind of a catch twenty two situation for Mitt Romney. He has cert his presence in this race certainly helps Mitt Romney from a number standpoint because he 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 takes votes away from maybe a lot of the others um, and keeps them and gets them out early. But at the same time, too, you know, he has a. He has kind of a an interesting uh, voter base, a youthful voter base that's becoming more and more passionate. And the challenge for Romney as this race continues and as it gets to the general election and when he's coordinated as the nominee is that does he is he able to get that youth movement, that passionate uh, Ron Paul voter behind him in the general election? So, but Ron, but Ron, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm, yeah, there you go. Ron Paul could not beat Barack Obama, I don't think. No, no. And I think that the I think the Republican Party knows that. And frankly, Ron Paul has said he knows that it. he doesn't he doesn't expect to win the nomination. And I don't even know if he wants to be president at this point in his life. I think that he, Bo is to his credit, is so committed to getting his message out. And frankly, it's a message that resonates yeah. with a lot of people. Um and I think both parties would be well served to consider some of the elements of the Libertarian Party. I mean, not all, but some. And and I think the fact that it's resonating shows that. Exactly right. Last question for you is this. You really believe Newt Gingrich will get out after South Carolina if he doesn't have a good showing? He's in the South. He's in his home state. Come, I wouldn't know, well, he's near his home state and certainly a southern, uh, a southern candidate. 
Yeah, I, I do because I think I think he's in it because I think he's staying in it for another state because of his mm-hmm. ego, and I think he'll get out after this state because of his ego. Um, he knows he's a very smart man. He knows that he's not going to do well and necessarily do well in South Carolina, and he's not going to win this nomination. But he is making this race personal at this point. He's mad uh, at Mitt Romney, and I think he wants to take a pound of flesh, and he's going to try to do that in South Carolina with this latest influx of uh, fundraising that he got from this one donor. Uh, It's unfortunate. Uh, I wish it wasn't the case, um, but I think he's putting himself above party at this point. Well, that is unfortunate because he's obviously the best one to debate Barack Obama, but Regardless of that, I appreciate your perspective, Trey Harden, and uh, all that you do out there, President at Vox Global, and uh, we hope to have you back soon. Would, would love to. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, sir. And uh, just around the corner is State Representative Doug Collins. He's going to be joining us to discuss the State of the State Address delivered last night by Governor Deal. First, though, let's check headlines on WDUN. All six GOP presidential candidates will campaign in South Carolina now that the New Hampshire primary is history. I'm B.J. Williams. We'll have more from the campaign trail from North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. 30 years ago, a new era began. What followed was three decades of destruction brought on by one legend. Yes, your Georgia best Chevy dealers and Little Caesars present the Advanced Auto Parts Monster Jack. by Wolverine and Academy Sports and Outdoors. Back to the bone for 30 years and back for its 30th anniversary. Grave Digger, driven by Dennis Anderson. Us fire spewing check quads. C16 Monster Trucks for as low as 15 bucks. Get the best seats now at the box office. Ticket Master Outlets. Charged by phone at 800-745-3000. Run happy birthday to me is it your birthday again jack you know it is pat but you don't know what i'm gonna do for the folks for my birthday present what are you up to now I'm going to sell 65 vacuum cleaners for 65 cents each. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Buy any vacuum, a new one, a refurbished one, heck, even buy a used one, and I'm going to let you buy the hand back for only 65 cents. No way. Yes way. Only 65 of them, folks. 199 John Morrow Parkway, Gainesville. Millions of fans agree. Cable's new hit series is on the Weather Channel. So let's go. Coast Guard Alaska. If we don't get on scene, no one else will. Fly along on bone-chilling rescues in some of the world's most extreme weather. If you make a mistake, or call someone their life. Out here, heroes come in waves. You have the potential to save someone that's out there. Coast Guard Alaska, Wednesday nights at 9. With new episodes beginning January 11th, only on The Weather Channel. WDUN with Rush Limbaugh. Tea partiers represent the majority of thinking, socially, fiscally, vast majority of thought. And they know it, and that's why they're threatened by it. Afternoons on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 WDUN. Some wet and stormy weather. Maybe a half inch of rain by this afternoon. Highs today will be in the 50s to around 60. Then tomorrow, another round of rain showers before a Friday takes us back to winter. From the Weather Channel, I'm meteorologist John Askins.
Learn more about Al Ganey at WDUN.com. Now, back to the show on AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. When a business considers locating in Georgia, it helps to be able to show them that they are partnering with a state government that has its house in order. Let's find out right now how he's keeping his house in order or how we're keeping the state of Georgia in order with our guest, Representative Doug Collins. Doug, welcome to Allegheny and Company. Oh, Al, it's always good to be with you. It's just a pleasure. Well, thanks so much for taking a few minutes. I know there's a lot going on this week and next week as we crank up the legislature. And uh, I know that you have some perspective on last night's State of the State address. I do. I think it it, it was, again, another example of this governor being the governor, especially for uh, your listeners in North Georgia and what the rest of the state's finding out. Uh, of a of a governor who lays out a, fir- a a solid plan, he lays it out in a very conscientious way, and he takes measured steps that are designed as, as he put it last night to continue to make Georgia the place that businesses want to come, the place that education is a priority, and that uh, a government in probably one of the biggest uh, moments last night was when he says we do these things that government is supposed to do, and he says then let's get government out of the way. I can't be more supportive of that statement and, and, and his vision that I think he laid out last night. And that was a, uh, there was a standing ovation. He almost had to beat them to sit them down. I mean, that was a, it was a great, that was, uh, they kept standing. I mean, they, you guys just stood up and kept clapping. Well, it, it has become a, it, it's been something I've talked about for years. I yep. think, and it's now becoming more and more. The government does what government's supposed to do and then get out of the way. Absolutely. What, what amazing was me is, is to look around and and to see how many of both parties, although you had your holdouts, both parties are coming to that realization down here. And that's and I think for the people of Georgia, that's just the best thing you can see. And I know that the uh, the Democrat response was fairly uh, milquetoast mild. I mean, there's nothing to argue about hardly. Maybe some minor fine points of some of the things that was being that were being discussed, but nothing major, nothing significant. Sounds like it could be a fairly harmoni- harmonious uh, session. Well, I think we're hoping for, especially on the House side, yeah. and um, and looking for that. I mean, again, uh, the Speaker has reiterated uh, again. Last year, I was uh, uh, part of a, a legislative process. We passed the fewest bills in the State House that has been passed since I believe it was uh, right around the uh, turn of the decade, nineteen ninety two thousand. The fewest bills. What that means for Georgia is that we're doing what we have to do and not just doing a lot. And, and, and people look at that, and I think that's a positive trend. I think it's one that we're going to continue to happen to, uh, more this year. You know, we started something 10 or 12 years ago now when I was on the county commission as chairman, uh, the, the drug courts here in Hall County. Uh, yeah. uh, John Gerardo was big in that, in that process, and uh, we heard a lot about that last night. We sure did. And, and the governor, the criminal justice reform package, it's common sense. You know, when you start looking at it, and I think that's the good thing that that we need to look at is one in. I think it's the number is one in out of uh, six. One out of sixteen Georgians is in our criminal justice mm-hmm. system. Think about that for a second. One out of sixteen. We're spending a billion dollars in our correctional facilities right now to lock people up. Many of which we can do. And I and I applaud uh, Judge Gerardo. He was a uh, a leader and then a nationally recognized leader in this area. And Judge Dill has continued that on. And Hall County is blessed to have these accountability courts that have great results and at, the, at a fraction of the cost. 
We've got a prison population. It's something we don't think about that is aging in Georgia because of a lot of the, the laws and a lot of the stuff that was passed that is aging, and our medical costs for these prisoners are rising even more. Um, and, and so that's something when you, we, we were looking at as well in, in the budget. How do we deal with that aging population where you have a prisoner who has uh, a medical condition that's costing us uh, you know, upwards of $500 a day as compared to $49 a day for a prisoner with, with no health conditions? We've got to look in the, in the budget, actually, and it's not something he addressed last night, but I wanted to share with you, is we're looking at ways to cut our costs there to, to provide what we have to, but at the same point, be the good steward of the taxpayer dollar. It's 925 on WDUN on Allegheny and Company, and we've got Ron in Gainesville, Doug, that would like to ask you a question. We're talking with Doug Collins, Representative Doug Collins from Hall County. Uh, good morning, Ron. What's your question for uh, Doug Collins? Yes, sir, Mr. Gentleman. Um, with the unemployment the way it is and hardworking people trying to just support their families, why is the governor, God listened to a speech last night, going up proposing tax credits and everything else to hire convicts and whoever who are already messed up and don't want to obey the law? And so we're going to go and give them preference and give the employers preference to hire them instead of hiring honest working people who all they're doing is trying to feed their families i mean these guys are already out there mugging and robbing and etc um why do we have to do that why don't we give tax uh benefits to employers to hire the guy people who really want to work doug what's what's your response to that thank you for um, your call ron thanks ron i appreciate it. I, I, one i'm sort of I'm, I'm i'm not sure exactly what he's talking about because i never the governor was talking about getting uh people back especially our drug courts back in a response role where they can go actually get a job not that we're out there you know putting them ahead of others uh in the process and and what we're saying is, is we want these people back to be productive citizens out there competing with jobs like well, for everybody else but we're also and i think that what the governor laid out last night was a plan in which uh we're making the business community and the business line where people want to bring jobs to georgia so on it's hardworking georgians can, can get these jobs and, and work at them uh, again, this is a, this is an idea of getting these people off the public dole and onto to a, a, a productive uh, life, and not putting preference above them, but just getting them out of the system and getting them back off the addictions that they have. And it has worked out extremely well from that point, from that standpoint. And so, uh, I encourage the legislature, and I feel like this it's going to get a lot of bipartisan support to put these drug courts around the state more so than what we have today. Doug, I've got about forty seconds. Briefly, education, big topic. What did the governor say? I think what he committed again was uh, uh, is putting the, the money that we needed to and, and funding uh, education and funding it, you know, at levels. Of course, is everything. It's never going to be, you know, you can always say there should be more or less. I, I'm, and I like you, for all the choice that we can have and competition we can have and removing regulations that we can teach kids. But he's funding an additional $113 million for higher ed, $146 million for our K-12. And also one of the key things is is one more for school nurses and stuff, but putting that back in local control where the, we're putting in the QB formula where the local boards can decide how best to spend the money. Again, the best government is at the local level where people can get their hands on it. Amen. Representative Doug Collins, we appreciate what you do for the state of Georgia and for Hall County, and uh, we wish you well during this legislative session. Thank you for serving. Thank you. Have a great day. You do the same. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, whenever we come back, we want to we want to take some calls from you. First, though, we're going to have a special guest who's going to be with us. 
And uh, we're going to talk about the founding fathers. Would they be rolling over in their graves at the erosion of our Constitution? Brian McClanahan, who's author of The Founding Fathers' Guide to the Constitution, is going to be with us. And we've been stressing some things about the Constitution over the last few days. It's important that you, as an American citizen, understand what's in there. We'll be back on Al Ganey and Company in just a few minutes. Al Ganey and Company on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. Introducing the reinvented 2012 Toyota Camry. It's the most technologically advanced Camry ever. With the available Entune multimedia system, you can access apps like iHeartRadio, which gives you more than 750 radio stations from around the country. The reinvented 2012 Toyota Camry. It's ready. Are you? Learn more at toyota.com slash Camry. Be sure to obey traffic regulations and maintain awareness of road and traffic conditions. Not available on all models. Data charges may apply. See toyota.com slash Entune for details. Local news anytime, anywhere. Access WDUN, a free app presented by the Norton Agency. Access WDUN, taking local to a whole new level. It's Bill and Joel of the Morning Show with today's survey question. Outside of the economy and jobs, what's your top issue this election? Choose between education, the environment, foreign policy, health care, immigration, taxes, or undecided at accessnorthga.com. Powered by North Georgia's News Talk, WDUN. It's 930. This is a Fox News alert. I'm Dave Anthony. He won New Hampshire big, getting 39% of the votes, and Mitt Romney's already looking ahead. I have to get down to South Carolina. I'll be there today talking about my vision of making America an opportunity society again and hopefully get support. Ron Paul thinks second place in New Hampshire will propel him. I imagine the polls have just gone up in the last 24 hours down in South Carolina, so we're pretty optimistic about how things will work out. Rick Perry is at South Carolina pretty much to himself until today, riding off New Hampshire as a lost cause. He's already campaigning this morning. Are we going to change out a Washington insider with a Republican insider and expect to get any different result. Newt Gingrich, not deterred by getting just 9% in New Hampshire, is about to hold a town hall in South Carolina. His campaign calls it a major policy address. This is a Fox News alert. Now, local news from North Georgia's News Talk. In North Georgia's newsroom, I'm Derek Booth. The full weather channel forecast is coming up. Forecasters are predicting parts of North Georgia could get another half inch of rain today. That bodes well for the level of Lake Lanier. Since New Year's Eve, the lake level has risen just over four-tenths of a foot. This morning's level is at 1060.15, which is still 11 feet below full. So Cornelia City officials got a pleasant surprise earlier this re- week. An official from the Georgia Environmental Finance Authority called to say the agency will offer $500,000 in principal forgiveness like stimulus money toward the city's planned replacement water plant and reservoir. City Manager Donald Anderson says the new facility would be built on Camp Creek Parkway adjacent to the current plants. Four million gallons a day um, and it can be easily be expanded in increments of however we want, a million, two million. Uh, most likely if we ever had to expand it would go up to six million gallons a day. Now that Governor Deal has delivered his State of the State address, he's ready to show lawmakers his full budget proposal for the year. The governor said last night he thinks things are looking up, economically speaking. With sustained growth in this order, I believe real job creation is much closer than it was when we met on this occasion one year ago. 
The governor, among other things, has called for additional spending for teacher pay raises. The man charged with killing a 7-year-old Canton girl last month has now been formally indicted in the case. 20-year-old Ryan Brunn, who lived at one time in Lumpkin County, faces a total of 13 felony counts. And a school principal says he expects lessons to be appropriate and provide true connection between subject areas. But the principal at Beaver Ridge Elementary School in Gwinnett County says that didn't happen when third graders were given math homework with questions about slavery. The assignment drew the ire of a civil rights group. There's more WDUN news at accessnorthgeorgia.com. Now here's the Weather Channel forecast with Ray Stajic. As we head through today, some small hail possible with some of the storms. Temperatures upper 50s. Overnight tonight, the showers end down to the mid-40s. And tomorrow, cloudy and windy with a chance of a rain shower mid-50s. From the Weather Channel, I'm meteorologist Ray Stajic. WDUN radar shows some storms off to the east in parts of Raymond County, stretching all the way down to Athens. 56 in Talmo, 57 in Suwannee, and 56 in Gainesville. From North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. TurboTax, what's your tax question? I heard that I can use TurboTax for free. That's true. And if I have questions, I can call a tax expert? That's also true. Awesome. You guys are the best. Yes, that's true as well. Do your simple return with the TurboTax Federal Free Edition. It's free to prepare, print, e-file, and only TurboTax offers free one-on-one expert tax advice for everyone. Live by phone and chat. Go to TurboTax.com. Live tax advice service is free and subject to availability, restrictions, and change without notice. See TurboTax.com for details. Al Ganey on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. Now, here's WDUN's Al Ganey. Well, yesterday I talked about my wish list for 2012, and I have so much on the wish list that could go on for the rest of the week, and I'm going to uh, talk about that a little bit more this morning. But one of the things that was on that is on the list and that I mentioned yesterday was every American, I wish that every American would get a copy of the Constitution. I wish that every American would not only get it, but read it, understand it, get an explanation of each article, of each amendment, and understand what it says. So I think, you know, as we as we make, as we continue through my wish list for 2012, one of those primary goals that I would hope for every American is that they would get a copy of the Constitution, read it, understand it, internalize it, and understand what our founding fathers really meant when they wrote that Constitution for this country, not only for their period of time, but for eons and centuries to come. Well, on the air with me right now is uh, Brian McClanahan, author of The Founding Father's Guide to the Constitution. We're going to be talking about some of these issues, and I'll tell you, Brian, I think the Founding Fathers would probably be rolling over in their graves because of the erosion of the Constitution in our current society, and our current government. What do you think? Uh, I think that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you look at uh, how they argued different uh, portions of the Constitution, how it was ratified, and, and how, uh, you know, what they said about, for example, all the uh, powers that are not there that we, we use today in, in the general government, then... I think they would go back and say, "My gosh, you know, when do we get out of this thing?" Because this is the, the, the president now has more power than King George the Third had, and our Congress has given it all up, and our Supreme Court's running roughshod over the document. It, it's just, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. 
What is this? What is this book about? Now you have another book out that's entitled "The Politically Incorrect Guide to the Founding Fathers," and that was a good, I guess, prelude to this book. But what is the Founding Fathers' Guide to the Constitution trying to accomplish? Well, my, my point of the book was to uh, go through in a very easy, easy to read, uh, you know, primer on the Constitution from the Founding Fathers' perspective. And so, the Constitution that I'm looking at is the Constitution as ratified by the states in 1787 and 1788, not the Constitution that's been abused in subsequent generations by the Supreme Court again, the executive branch, or the Congress. It was how that this Constitution was sold to the states, and that Constitution had limited authority. If the powers were not delegated to it or, you know, enumerated in the Constitution, then they couldn't do it. And so I think that's uh, generally how they argued the Constitution would be interpreted. Unfortunately, that's gone by the wayside in, in the modern era, but that is the Founding Fathers' Constitution. And I go through it again, clause by clause, and I break this down in a very uh, readable way so people can, can enjoy it and really understand what the Founding Fathers meant by any particular clause in the Constitution. Well, what is the real root of the reason why you wrote this book? Because I want, you know, I, I do teach history in college, and, and I wanted not just for my students, but also for future generations to have something like this. And I wrote my dissertation on a senator from Delaware in the 1850s, and he did this in 1833. And I thought, you know, that's something that needs to be done again. We, we don't really have that. We have a whole lot of different opinions on what the Constitution means. You have the left saying it means one thing, the right saying it means another. But what did the Founding Fathers really say about it? I mean, we can find that out. They, they have volumes of stuff written about it. So let's go back and look at them. And, and what is the Founding Fathers' guide to this document? And uh, I think that uh, by getting that, my hope is that uh, future generations will read this thing and understand it and, and hold politicians accountable for their actions. And that's both sides of the aisle, by the way, the Republicans and the Democrats, the conservatives and the liberals. That is a, that is a bigger and bigger problem for us trying to hold them accountable. I don't and we can't do it if we don't know what's in the Constitution. And in that light, we've got a government that's getting so big. I mean, it's so big now and it's getting bigger. And the Republicans want us, they say they want to decrease the size of government. The Democrats seem that, and the liberals seem that, to say they want to increase the size of government. But what would the founding fathers have said about this huge central government that we're seeing being built here in America that's already built and getting bigger? Right. I mean, you're exactly right. It's both Republicans and Democrats that need to be held accountable. And I think they would say, well, it's too big. I mean, uh, they thought that the state should have most of the authority over domestic issues in particular. Uh, the general government, as they called it, and that's a key term, general, it was only there for general concerns like uh, commerce and uh, trade or, you know, foreign trade and, uh, you know, defense. So outside of that, they really didn't think it should get into things like education, health care, uh, you know, uh, all these other things we, we say the government should do, you know, building roads. I mean, heck, two of the presidents from the founding generations vetoed, uh, three of the presidents vetoed internal improvements bills, which would have established roads. So, I mean, it went even into those kind of things. So uh, the, the fact is the, the founding fathers look at this big monstrosity and say, my gosh, this is far too big, far too unresponsive. The people have no control over it. Uh, it's either time to, to bring back uh, state authority, which they hoped would never have gone away, mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, s uh, start, uh, you know, really looking at reining this thing in some way. You know, I'm not sure I'm right on this. Help me with this. As you were speaking, I, I seem to remember something that years and years ago that each bill that was introduced in the Congress had to be had to have a uh, a preface that said this is constitutional. That's not the wording, but said but something to the effect that it was uh, allowed by the Constitution to go forward with this bill. Am I right? Um, Do you know? I I'm trying I, I to. Can't, 
uh, in looking at legislation from the 18th and 19th century, I, I've never seen that. Now, that doesn't okay. mean in, in the 20th century that couldn't have happened. I'm not familiar with that. But right. you know, if you look at the debates in the founding period, they talked about it all the time. Well, where's the constitutional authority to do X, Y, and Z? And right. We don't even ask candidates that anymore. It, it's just, what do you think about education? They just go on these long uh, rants about what they think about education. And no one says, well, where is the constitutional authority to do that? Uh, it's not even not even discussed. And I think that's a real problem. And, and then what, what would the founding fathers have said about the federal budget at this point uh, well i mean it's probably a joke <laughs> debt, isn't it yeah oh my gosh if you look at the debt we had in the in the early republic it just pales in comparison to what we have now and they were concerned about it then and uh, if you start looking at uh, 90 trillion dollars in unfunded liabilities for the central authority today I mean, that's ridiculous it's it's uh, swindling futurity on a massive scale and and I think that's uh, you know something they would have warned against. And you know, my favorite one of my favorite founders is Nathaniel Macon, and he actually voted against the statue for George Washington one time. It cost around a hundred thousand current dollars, and he said that was too much. <laughs> we love wow. George Washington, but a hundred thousand dollars is just far too much money to spend on a statue for George Washington. That's just they spend that like it's coming out of their pocket in pennies. You know, it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. And you know, the last question I've got for you before we have to go is this. We've got a law that I consider to be unconstitutional, and that's Obamacare that's up before the Supreme Court. They'll make a decision in June or sometime in that time frame. You know, what would the founders, in, how would they tell us to get rid of this law? How can we do it? What do you, what, what, what's your opinion there? Well, again, the states have to grow a backbone. I think, you know, the Supreme Court is complicit in declaring an unconstitutional, plainly, clearly unconstitutional law constitutional then Jefferson and Madison's remedy was start working through the states. I mean, those states can serve as a hedge uh, and and start blocking this stuff. And a number of states have started doing this. They're saying, well, look, we're just not going to enforce it in our state. There's legislation out there that's uh, circulating around state legislatures to do that. And I think that's where we have to go from here. You have to work from the bottom up, not the top down. It's never going to change from the top down. And uh, I think the people have to start realizing that and really saying enough is enough. We're just we're just not going to do it anymore. We're not going to we're not going to do what you say when you keep passing unconstitutional laws. It, Brian uh, McClanahan, I want to thank you for being with us, author of The Founding Father's Guide to the Constitution. Ladies and gentlemen, this will be a wonderful start to go to, uh, to get this book, start reading it, get a copy of the Constitution. Well, it's probably in the book. I think it is, as a matter of fact. You have this broken down by, piece by piece, so go get it. Brian, thank you for being with us this morning. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Brian McClanahan, The Founding Father's Guide to the Constitution. Ladies and gentlemen, get the book. He's also written another book that's important, The Politically Incorrect Guide to the Founding Fathers. It's a wonderful book. We'll be back with your phone calls on Al Ganey and Company. You're in good company. Al Ganey and Company on AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. If you're listening to this and you've been told that you're not a candidate for LASIK, chances are you are a candidate. In fact, most people who've been told that are, in fact, candidates. So, Dr. Blue, what do you say to someone who says, I've been told I'm not a good candidate for LASIK because I have astigmatism? A fair number of patients have been told they're not candidates because they have astigmatism. Well, they're my favorite people to do LASIK because patients with astigmatism, their glasses have to be perfect. And sometimes even with the perfect pair of glasses, they don't see well. They have to look through exactly the right place in their glasses. And the contact lenses can also 
be fr- very frustrating. Lacey actually completely corrects the astigmatism. So they're among my very happiest patients. And I love patients with astigmatism, especially large amounts of astigmatism, because they really struggle with their glasses and contact lenses. So don't rely on bad information. The best way to tell if you're a good candidate is to sign up for a free evaluation with Dr. Blue. Visit bluelasergroup.com to schedule yours or to register for our next free seminar in Gainesville on Thursday, January 12th. Again, bluelasergroup.com. Hi, I'm Chelsea Handler. And I'm Whitney Cummings. Beginning tonight, my show Whitney moves to Wednesday nights at 8, 7 central. Followed by my new show, Are You There, Chelsea? Which stars Laura Pepon as me. Ooh, from that 70s show. Yeah, we know. So, Chelsea, you're not playing yourself? Why not? Why don't you ask Laura? Well, I'm playing Chelsea because the network wanted someone younger. I thought it was because of my take on Casual Friday. Oh, you mean Bottomless Friday? Oh, that's the one. Yeah, that didn't help your case. Whitney and Are You There, Chelsea? The NBC Wednesday Happy Hour begins tonight on NBC. This is Traffic Chopper 1. Everything's congested right now, including me. And I suppose you're going to blame me? Mucus? How'd you get in here? Listen, I'm tired of being blamed for sinus congestion. Well, I can't breathe. Then try Advil Congestion Relief. Often the real problem is swelling, not mucus. Advil Congestion Relief reduces swelling due to nasal inflammation. Looks like things are clearing up. (laughs) Clever. Advil Congestion Relief. The right relief for the real problem. For more information, visit AdvilCongestionRelief.com. Use as directed. Monica Crowley. This is where liberalism, socialism, and progressivism come to die. And this is where we fight for freedom. Weekends on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. Thanks for listening to Al Ganey on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. All right, it's time for your phone calls on Al Ganey and Company on WDUN at 770-535-2911. 1-800-552-WDUN and star 550 on your AT&T wireless. Give us a call because it's all about you up till the top of the hour. We want to hear from you this morning. We had the State of the State address last night and on my wish list, list as far as Georgia issues are concerned are many of those that you heard about earlier in the show and on the Bill and Joel show earlier this morning. And maybe if you were able to tune in to the this, the uh, the speech given by Governor Deal last night, you heard a lot of these things. The economy and jobs. We've got to encourage people that are sitting on their backside to get out, find a job. The job, some of the, they can find a job in most cases. If not, create your own job. Be an entrepreneur. Get that spirit. We know that America is better than it is today from the standpoint of being able to make the capitalist system work. The uh, capitalism is trying to be beaten down by the government right now and make us believe that we should be entitled and that the government's going to take care of us wrong. Well, who takes care of the government? That's the ones that pay the taxes in this country. And if we have fewer and fewer people paying taxes, what happens? We can't take care of those who truly need the help. Now, I have a further thought, another thought on this, and that is 
the government should not be taking care of the people in, in a lot of cases anyway. It should be left up to nonprofits, to your churches, to people in the community that can give money to these nonprofits. That's the way this country started out. It wasn't government controlled. And it's like Brian McClanahan, who was our special guest a moment ago, it's not up to the government to do most everything they're doing, particularly in the area of health care, et cetera. We should be taking care of our neighbors. If we need health care, let the private industry do it. Let that be the course of action that we take, not the, the, the federal system. It never works. There's nothing the federal government has done that has worked. Look at the post office. It's billions in debt or losing billions, and now they want to do they want to close down things. Well, well, it's about time they thought about that, but it still won't work. It it's just not going to work well. Ed and Flowery Branch, thank you for taking a few minutes to call us and listening to the show. You're on the air. Good morning, Al. Morning, sir. Well, we uh got a couple of announcements to make. The uh Republican Club of Sterling on the Lake, uh faced with this exciting year of elections and that uh have decided to expand, and uh, we have changed our name, and it's now the South Hall Republican Club, and we wanted to invite everybody to our first meeting of the year. It's going to be an informational meeting uh, held at the Spout Springs Library Wednesday, June 18th at 6.30. Now, June 18th uh, or January 18th? Yeah, January. I said okay. June. I'm sorry. Yeah, January 18th. And uh, anyway, uh, Mr. Yamala, I can't pronounce his first name. He's the planning manager for the... Uh, Paul Gainesville Metropolitan Planning Organization, and then Bill Andrew, our city manager of Fly Branch, will be there, and James Riker, the Fly Branch city planner, and they're going to discuss transportation plans for Hall County and Fly Branch uh, up into the next 10 years, and also they're going to explain T-Splash, uh, hopefully where everyone can understand that and its impact on Hall County and Fly Branch, and Anyway, we're looking for uh, as many people that can come out. We think it's going to be very informative, and we're going to discuss our plans in the future for the Republican Club because we certainly need to uh, get together. And uh, I think we all need to be prepared to support whichever candidate wins this uh, nomination. So, uh, yes. anyway. Yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And, to, uh, and, and Ed, Ed, what? Yeah? that's at Spout Springs Library, January 18th. What time did you say? Uh, 6.30. 6.30 in the evening. Yeah. Very good. And they're, they're over about quarter to eight, usually. Very good. And uh, I think your speakers are going to be great. That transportation plan, that T-SPLOST, is uh, going to be a very controversial issue. It, it is. And uh, the more we know about it, I think people will be able to uh, make up their minds. We've uh, I kind of warned them not to oversell the thing, but just explain what it is and the impact and let everyone make up their minds as to uh, if they'll support it or not. So, uh but anyway, we've got an exciting year. We're going to have a couple of forms for our uh, candidates. Uh, the Fly Branch City Council is coming up in February, and uh, we've even got another opening there. And then uh, in May, we're going to have a forum for the uh, 9th District candidates. So uh, anyway, we're looking forward to a big year. All right. Well, I appreciate you informing the public about that and our listening audience. And, Ed, we wish you well down there with the uh, South Hall Republican Club. And uh, you don't have to be a Republican to go. Just go because this no, is a great informational right. meeting. It, it's it's open, and, and that's what we are. Yes. And um, if you want to join, we'd love you to join. Uh, the Jews, if you can afford it, is $5 a year. Right. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, so anyway. that's, that's a cheap membership, but a lot of information. So it is. We thank you for your uh, we thank you for your support down there and what you're doing in the community. 
Sure. Well, thank you, and uh, keep up the good work. We love your program. Uh, thank you so much, Ed. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you right now, we're going to come back in a few minutes with our final segment for the day on Allegheny and Company right after the headlines on WDUN. I'm B.J. Williams. A maintenance worker from Lumpkin County charged with killing a 7-year-old girl last month is indicted on 13 felony counts in the crime. The story just ahead from North Georgia's News Talk AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. Have you ever asked yourself, what on earth am I here for? What's your life purpose? Can you write it down? Most Americans primarily think about working hard, raising a family, making enough money to retire. The earlier, the better. So you're finally able to do what you want to do, when you want to do it. By midlife, it can really leave us wondering why we're here. Well, I have good news. Finding out our life purpose begins when we get to know our Creator through the person of Christ. God loves us and has a purpose for our life. Our role is to trust and obey Him by reading the Bible as written word. So don't waste your life. Get to know your Creator personally. I promise, over time, you'll become clear about what on earth you're here for. This is Brian Wright, speaking right from my heart. If you're relying on yourself to find your purpose for life, it can feel overwhelming at times, and we understand that feeling. At rightfromtheheart.org, you can find resources to help you look for God's purpose for your life. After all, it's the only purpose that really counts. 30 years ago, a new era began. What followed was three decades of destruction brought on by one legend. Yes, your Georgia Pass Chevy dealers and Little Caesars present the Advanced Auto Parts Monster Charge. by Wolverine and Academy Sports and Outdoors. Back to the bone for 30 years and back for its 30th anniversary. Grave Digger, driven by Dennis Anderson. Our fire spewing check quads. C16 Monster Trucks for as low as 15 bucks. Get the best seats now at the box office. Ticket Master Outlets. Charge by phone at 800-745-3000. Run Ticketmaster.com. Tickets subject to convenience and handling charges. We'll see if I know it's one day of show. The Advanced Auto Parts Monster This Saturday, your date with destruction. Only the Georgia Dome. Brian Kilmeade. Now, I'm saying that you could do things right away. Alleviate the federal tax on gas. You could lose up to 30 to 50 cents. Start drilling in the Gulf. Weekends on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9, WDUN. Once again, we start our day with some wet and stormy weather. Highs today will be in the 50s to around 60. Lows tonight around 45. Then tomorrow, another round of rain showers from the Weather Channel. I'm meteorologist John Askins. Now back to Al Ganey on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. We might have time for one more phone call on Al Ganey and Company. If you'd like to give us a quick call, 770-535-2911, 1-800-552-WDUN and star 550 on your AT&T wireless. Pick up your phone. Let's give us a call and let's, let's hear what's on your mind this morning. Ed was talking about that meeting down in South Hall. I'm glad he brought it up because that brought up something on my wish list, which is T-SPLOST, transportation SPLOST. There needs to be a lot of education going into this if you're going to vote for it or vote against it for that matter. It will create about $1.4 billion in new taxes annually for the state of Georgia. And obviously, for the, and when I say that, it will be $1.4 billion in revenue for the state of Georgia and $1.4 billion in new taxes for you, 
the uh, citizens of Georgia. So, you know, is that the right thing to do in this kind of economy? Do is is that is the new tax out going to outweigh the need for uh, for roads, or should we be doing it in this at this particular time? I don't. I personally would hope that we would uh, not increase taxes in any way. But when you look at transportation around the state of Georgia, in some cases, it is needed. Now, they're going to do this by, I'm going to say, districts. And it's going to be uh, an, interesting, an, an interesting way to do business when it comes to these different cities and counties. And f- how are they going to allocate the funds? I, that's been determined to some degree. But we'll talk more about that in the next couple of days. I wish we had more time to do that today. But I, but I want to get someone on that that uh, really has studied the issue that can answer your questions and mine, too, because that is coming up this year, and this legislative session is going to determine when it's going to be voted on from a, from a referendum standpoint, because each area of the state is going to need to approve this. Um, and another thing on my wish list is this whole idea of health care cooperation between the states. The state of Georgia's in a lawsuit with 25 other states, and, and I mentioned earlier that the Supreme Court is going to be reaching some conclusion on this uh, by the end of the year, by June. Of, they're saying in June we'll be hearing more about this, but you never know. They may may delay it uh, till after the election. Hopefully not. We need some kind of decision on that. But the states need to cooperate uh, among themselves and say that you can buy insurance across state lines, and under the Constitution, that should be a legal thing to do. And I don't think the Constitution can require you and require me to buy something I may not want or can't afford. Well, they, we can make you afford it. We can we can tell you you have to afford it. Well, that's not what this is all about. So that's uh, and that's another piece of the wish list that we will win that court battle that supreme court battle on health care coming up very shortly we cannot afford it small business people are going out of business trying to afford the things and the regulations that the government's throwing on businesses at this point it, it just won't happen i want to thank you for being with us this morning on Algany and company Keep these things in mind. And by the way, go get a copy of the Constitution. Go to the Internet. I'm sure you can download a copy there. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the morning on Algany and Company. To find out more about Algany and Company, just log on to WDUN.com. Well, she's all you'd ever want. She's the kind I'd like to flaunt. I mean, because Romney carries the real Achilles heel for Romney. She always knows her place. She's got style. She's got grace. She's this is like when a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there. She's a lady. So when a president gives a speech but nobody comes, does he really give a speech? Laura Ingram. Talking about. Mornings at 10 on North Georgia's News Talk. AM 550 and FM 102.9 WDUN. Cooking in the kitchen. Come on in. New at Captain D's. Four great meals, one great price. Choose from six-piece coconut shrimp, two-piece hand-breaded flounder, bite-sized shrimp, or try our new hand-breaded southern-style whitefish dinner. All with two sides plus pups for just $4.99 each. I'm Jim McClure, and in Cleveland, Dahlonega, Tacoa, and now open in Cornelia. We're just cooking in the kitchen. 
at 550 on your AM dial and 102.9 on your FM, WDUN Gainesville, WDUN FM, Clarksville, Gainesville. It's 10 o'clock. Fox News Radio. I'm Ron Flatter. Mitt Romney no sooner wins yesterday's New Hampshire Republican primary than he's thinking about the next stop in the presidential campaign. I have an uphill climb in South Carolina, uh, given my uh, track record there. Romney finished fourth there in 08. All five of his rivals trailed by double digits yesterday, and they're positioning themselves for South Carolina. And that's where we hear live from Fox News Radio's Evan Brown. Ron Newt Gingrich has been telling a crowd in Rock Hill, South Carolina, about what he calls failures of President Obama and how he'd fix things if he gets to the White House. The more we debate, the clearer it gets, the bigger our margin is going to be so we can win the House, the Senate, and the White House and have a wave of change in Washington. Gingrich has ads running in this state hoping to detract from Mitt Romney's apparent lead, painting him as a pro-abortion person, something that might not sit well with the state's evangelicals and social conservatives, Ron. Eben, while Republicans sort through their candidates, President Obama is raising money for his re-election run. Fox News Radio's Mike Makowitz is live at the White House. Well, the White House still insists the president is focused on his job and not campaigning. He has a trio of campaign events in his adoptive hometown, Chicago. One a public event, the other two at private homes. The president looking to match or exceed the record-busting three-quarters of a billion dollars he raised back in 2008. Now, before he heads out, the president will also hold an event here at the White House and bringing jobs back into America. Ron? Mike, call it re-occupy Wall Street. It makes it very inconvenient for those of us who work directly across the street. He works near the New York City Park, where protesters returned yesterday. A few of the 300 stayed overnight, but there are only about 10 there by about an hour and a half ago. A human rights group says a Western journalist has been killed and another one wounded in Syria. And they're charged